Up in the hot tub, bubbly, spot love, punish me, don't stop. Watch the pun get wicked when I stick it, even look be like, don't stop, get it, get it. I don't want to be a baby no more. I'm not a player, I'm just a lot of me. Welcome to Random Acts of Tangents. I am Adam, your host, uh, joined by my very good friend here. I'm Rex. All right, today I want a little more topic-driven than our other shows. I'm sure we'll veer way off topic and get to other things as well. But I want to start talking about uh, chicks. Chicks, man. Uh, a lot of different areas to cover, so I guess we'll just pick whatever pops out first. Irritation, I think, is the, the first thing <laughs> that comes to my mind when I'm talking about or thinking about chicks, I guess. So much irritation from all kinds of levels. Just the the way that they think is just, it's too foreign to me to grasp the concept sometimes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it, although it's probably a stereotype that gets perpetuated a lot, the uh, men are logical, women are emotional. Yeah. Uh, I, I find that to be absolutely true in, in, in my experience. I, I consider myself a very logical person. I like to think things out. To to a fault almost, I tend to overthink things a lot also, maybe overplan, uh, sometimes even planning my spontaneity, if that's if that's possible. No, not at all. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the women that I deal with, it's a lot more off of emotion, What how, how they feel about something. It, mm. You can have plans to do a certain activity of some kind, and if the mood doesn't strike them, they're not going to be down for it. it well, it, I think when it comes to men and women, we're, we're, we both feel things. Uh, recent studies have actually suggested that because we have higher levels of testosterone in our system early on, it makes us more logical. It makes us more inclined to be logical. Most most men think with the left side of their brain, which is like the critical thinking reasoning center, where more women think with the right side of their brain, which is more emotive and intuitive. So just based on those things alone, it kind of just shows you how, in general, not, not in every case, but in general, uh, men and women think differently, you know. So, uh, I, I think men are emotional creatures too, though. I think we're real, real emotional creatures. It's just we have uh, we have w- one emotion, and that's anger. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, usually, if somebody does something that I disagree with, I tell them that they've hurt my feeling. And your feeling, your one feeling. Yes, my one feeling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that myself as well. <laughs> But uh, well, when it comes to women, it's just like kind of a diverse range of feelings, and they have to, you know, be at equilibrium with all that shit for some reason. And I think what it is, it's more along the lines: we're critical, we're reasonable, we understand our basic instincts, and we address them. Whereas women are not critical thinking, or, or not not reasonable enough to actually uh, understand the primary things that drive their behavior and they just end up being driven by it without understanding it. And that's why they're just like, well, I feel this way. Well, why do you feel that way? I don't know. I just do. Well, you've never really fucking thought about it. Have you? <laughs> that's why you don't know why. Right. There's no logic to it. They, they just, this is how I feel. And, and that's it. No consideration of what may have caused me to feel that way. Why am I, am I more upset now than I would be? Even the more logical chicks that I know. Uh, in fact, I, I dated one recently who, who was more logical than other girls that I've dated before. Yeah. And uh, it it 
works out in some cases, but that logic, they, they, I mean, they know they're logical, and that, I think, gets to their head, where they start thinking they're smarter than they actually are. <laughs> they, they feel like they're applying logic, but it's, it's a skewed logic. It's, it's a, an emotional logic, <laughs> where it's, they, they, they make their logic, uh, I guess, center around their feelings. Which... Well, I think everybody does that, and that's all I was trying to say is just that, like, you know, us men, we we, we have, like, very, very, very few motivators, and, and, like, sex is typically the only one, you know, and, and if, if we can understand where the, the, the action is rooted in sexual behavior, typically we can kind of, like, understand the behavior in general, you know, and, and women are too, but, I mean, I think it's it's just traditionally expressed in a different way because women have different considerations. Um, and and when it does come down to it, I think that is some level, somewhat legitimate. You know, like, well, I feel this way, or, or I want to do this. Why? Because of this and this and this. Or why? Because of this and this and this. And I feel that so long as it's internally consistent, you know, internally valid and uh, reasonably sound, uh, then that, it's a compelling argument. Because I guess I, what I'm trying to say is I'm willing to be persuaded uh, with logic. And But if you tell me that you just feel a certain way, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you better have some reasons for that. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the time, the the reasons to me are, are lacking. I, I start getting irritated, which may be hard to believe for people that know me that, that I can get irritated easily. It, it it happens, I think, more dealing with women than it does dealing with guys, because all the guys that I know anyway, the guys I surround myself with, they're they are they're also critical thinkers. They were kind of on the same level, and if they're not on my level, I. I try not to associate with them because you're just irritating. Yeah, exactly. You know, the funny fucking thing about it is, too, though, what I feel a lot of times uh, is that women will say something and then men will say something and there's a conflict of interest. <clears throat> and what ends up actually happening is the girl wants to do what she does, not necessarily because she wants to really do it or it's a better thing, like objectively, but because she doesn't want to subordinate herself to the male. Yes. I cannot stand that shit. If if it's the right thing, if it's like the better thing objectively, then it's the better thing objectively. It's not about who's right, it's about what's right and what's better. Don't don't fucking make it about your fucking interpersonal bullshit relationship things going on where I don't want to do what you want to do even though it's better because you came up with it. Fuck that. Yeah, and, and us being the, the horny guys that we are, we'll go ahead and maybe do what they want to do because... Us driven by sex, if we make them happy, we're going to get laid. No, fuck that. I wouldn't want to make anybody happy in that sense. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, no, I'm only, okay, well, we can go do that and then do this later. No, fuck you. We're going to do it. If I made a plan and I made a judgment, they need to respect that judgment. And and I'm not saying that they need to respect it because it's coming from me. They need to respect it if it's right, if it's good. And because the reason why it needs to play out that way is because... There's two important things going on there. It's it's you're saying that I'm going to establish uh, early on that I'm going to do whatever is objectively better. Not what you want to do because you want to do it. Not what I want to do because I want to do it. But whatever is objectively better. Okay? And that's very, very important in a relationship because it lets you actually, you know, present your case and be like, well, here's why. As opposed to, you know, here, the reason why is because it's coming from me kind of thing. And I feel like if it's more equal in that sense, then it's a better 
it's a more equal relationship so long as there's communication. But if it's the other case where it's like, oh, well, I just want to do what you want to do, fuck that. <laughs> you know what kind of thinking that is? That that kind of thinking is implicitly saying that I want to do what you want to do because you're better than me or you have a higher value than me in some sense, and I better appease you if I want to get into your happy hole. Fuck you. <laughs> See, but that, I think what you're describing is a good relationship. If you can't have that conversation and decide objectively whose idea is better, whether it's mine or yours, whoever has a better idea, that's what we'll do. But in a non-relationship way, probably pre-relationship, would you find yourself bowing more to her wants and needs just to kind of get in the good graces? No, no, definitely not. Especially because, I mean, typically when I go out on a date, like, I'm the one that's driving the date. You know, I mean, you could call it chauvinist. I call it chivalry, okay? I'm, if I'm going out on a date, I'm picking up a girl. She's not going to really have a preconception of where we're going. Like, she can ask, you know, right. oh, where are, you, where are we going? We're going to Santa Monica. That's where we're going. That, that's as, as much detail as I really want to get into because I think a big part of the date also is just, like, you know, being surprising. Like, oh, well, look at what I have planned here. Oh, you didn't expect this type of thing, you know? And on a date, if I'm if it's pre-relationship, then it's only going to be a date most of the time, and uh, I'm going to be driving the whole time. You know, I'm going to pick her up, I'm going to drive her, I'm going to take her to a different place, I'm going to take her here, to get to take her there, and I'm not willing to be like, I, I don't want to negotiate that. I don't want to fucking write out an itinerary and then submit it to her approval because then it's not a fucking date anymore, and I'm also not submissive, so fuck that. Right, and that's actually an interesting point. That uh, at the beginning, all I ever hear from women, uh, as far as first dates go, is that they want the man to be in control. They want the man to make the plan. Uh, it's the first date. You pick where we're going. I don't want this. Uh, so, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Because that that makes the man look like a pussy, and he doesn't have any control. Yeah, fuck that jungle book bullshit. Yeah, so especially at the beginning, the woman wants the man to be in control. But then, as things progress later on, then they start wanting to take control away. And doing things that they want to do because it feels right to them. It's 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 a catch twenty two type of thing. It's you start off one way and then table switch and now it's a whole different ball game now. Do you, do you really feel like they want to switch it up once once there's a commitment there? I don't know if they want to switch it up or if it's part of their uh, genetic code <laughs> to eventually <laughs> <laughs> take the balls away from the men that they're with. They, they, they want a strong man and then once they have the strong man, they want to take his balls. And now, this is my strong man that I command. It's not anymore I have a strong man to protect me. It's a strong man that does what I tell him to do. Maybe that's my experience. <laughs> I, th I, think, I think that's bullshit. You know, you know I, I've actually had a couple conversations recently about, like, uh, just women in general and, and kind of, like, my life and, and where I'm going right now. And uh, I was talking to a girl recently, and, and she was saying how she got stood up, and she's going to get stood up again. And she was in the middle of the situation, and I'm just like, well... You know, you know what this could be, right. and I was just like, it's artificial scarcity, and I don't, I don't know if you know what artificial scarcity is or what what other people, if other people know what artificial scarcity is, but I have not heard the term. In economics, right? You know what supply and demand is, right? Oh, okay, I think I see where you're going. Yeah, when when the supply is low, what happens to the demand? The demand goes high, right? When the supply is high, the demand's really low. So depending on how available you make yourself. It has a lot to do with how much you're going to be demanded for. You know what I mean? So right now in this, this whole theoretical model, right, my, my attention would be what is important. It's what's in supply. 
from my perspective. Right. Now, now from from her perspective, I mean, from, from as far as she's concerned, her demand is my attention. But if the moment I cut back my attention and supply becomes dwindling, the demand becomes way, way higher. And she's willing to do more and go out of her way more for my limited supply of attention. Right. Okay. And, and, and this whole model, like what, what I was talking about as far as artificial scarcity was, I was saying, well, maybe it's a power play, right? And then I'm, she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, maybe it's a power play. Maybe he's actually available. He's just saying he's unavailable because he wants to seem like he's in, not in very high supply. Right. And, and she thought it was insulting, but I'm like, honestly, it, it just, uh, it makes sense. Theoretically, it makes sense. And it just makes all sorts of sense if you're just, uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean to, it has to be done in a deceptive way either. I mean, you could be a guy that's just exceptionally busy, or you could be a guy that's going out with four or five different girls. And because you, your time is, is so consumed by all of your activities, then it's not in very high supply. But what happens in those situations? You find that you actually have more fulfilling relationships with the females that are in your life, I feel, because they're willing to go more out of their way to get that limited supply of attention that you have. Right. Yeah, there's uh I've heard stories of I don't remember the exact item. It's either crabs or it's diamonds where uh the people that either mine the diamonds or whatever catch the crabs on the way back to the port, they will throw whole crates of crabs off the ship or diamonds off the off the ship to make it seem like they caught less than they did. So that drives up the prices of diamonds and or crabs, whichever whatever it is that I heard. I don't remember anymore. But that's that's in the same way you're talking about the artificial scarcity, making it seem like there's less of it, so they can drive up the prices. Even though it's just as easy to get bring in more, but what's that going to do to the supply and demand? Exactly. Well, that's what OPEC does. I mean, that's why you paid four fucking dollars for gas a couple summers ago. Yes. Uh, they do it with oil. Right. Um, but but my my whole point of this is just also, uh, you know, when you're talking about like whether or not you really really need to negotiate with a girl, and, and uh, whether or not you're gonna like pretty much meet her demands. Uh, one really easy way of getting around that is to lead a busy life. You know what I mean? It, it's, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, well, I'm just going to pretend like I'm not available. No, don't, don't pretend you're not available. Just be so busy that you, you can't fucking just drop everything on your hands at the moment to go do whatever the hell somebody wants to do. So when you do have free time, they're, they're, they're happy with whatever that time spent doing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I mean, the, this whole theory is very much at work already in dating, if you think about it. Because, I mean, when you get a girl's number, there's that whole thing that was in Swingers. You know, how, how long um, are you waiting to call your babies? Yeah, how I many? <laughs> one day, three days, or in the movie case, what was it, an hour? That he waited? In the movie? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, in the, the main character, he waited like fucking an hour. Yeah. But uh, uh, Vince, Vince Vaughn and that other dude were like, we're waiting a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the whole reason they did that wasn't because they're letting somebody fucking marinate, but because they want to pretend like their their life is so busy, they can't just drop everything they're doing and call somebody on the phone. Yeah, but what you're saying is instead of pretending that you're busy, go out and start making plans. Yeah. So, man, so that you're busy. not sitting at home pretending to be busy. You're actually out doing things so that while you're also rising your value, you're also getting more experience, getting out there, maybe experiencing life instead of sitting around and pretending that you're more valuable than you actually are. 
yeah, you don't have to pretend. Just be valuable. I mean, enjoy life. Be the live your life as though you're you're living your life for you instead of somebody else. That's all I'm trying to say here. Is just like, you know, how how fucking cool is it? Uh, you know, to be like, oh, hey, what's up? What's going on? Blah blah blah. I haven't talked to you in a while. What are you doing the other, this day? Oh, well, I'm going to this. Uh, I'm going to this rock concert. Oh, you're going to this concert? Oh, I wanted to go out. Oh, that's okay. We can go out uh, this other day. I mean, that's a lot different than, uh, oh, oh, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. I mean, how many, how many fucking people are doing nothing? Most of the time they are doing fucking nothing. Oh, right. I'm doing nothing today. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, you want to go get coffee? Yeah, we'll go get fucking coffee. <laughs> eight, fucking you know, eight million that, coffees a day. That, uh, you mentioned something that brings up, uh, Another thing that I know we've talked about privately in the past, as far as uh, doing things that are fun for us, things that we enjoy for our own benefit. And yeah, in, uh, in relationships that, that we've had, uh, a lot of the things that we do are, are motivated by our wants and needs. And, yeah. and it just so happens that they are along for the ride. Uh, so if they want to think we're doing it for them, fantastic. But in actuality, it, it, this is for me. Um, we're going to Vegas. I'm going to go see a show, and you're, you're coming with me because it's more enjoyable with another person. But it's it's not for you. This is because I want to do it. You happen yeah. to be there. You're going to benefit. Fantastic. Well, the, the way I look at it is more along the lines like I'm, I was going to do something completely independent of whether or not I'm going to have somebody to go with. You know what I mean? At a certain point, there is a contradiction because there's stuff that I can't do without, uh, you know, a girl sitting across the table for me. But right. who who that girl is and how many girls are available to do it is another story. You know, so so what I'm saying is more along the lines just, yeah, to fucking do, do what you're going to end up doing. And don't worry so much about who you're doing it with because you should enjoy the experience for itself. Right. Now, here, here's a question, uh, kind of based on that. You said sometimes it's good to have somebody to do it with. Uh, have you ever uh, taken yourself out on a date? Um, let me think about that. <laughs> Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm, what I'm asking here? Have I gone out to a place, eaten dinner somewhere alone, had a drink, uh, done those types of things? Yeah, something like that. You know, I have this real uh, thing about eating alone. I really, really don't like to do it. That's true. Um, I do know that about you. I just despise eating alone. Um, I've had to actually eat alone here uh, the first, like, two weeks, three weeks that I was here because I obviously didn't know anybody here, and I just, you know, I, have, well, I like to eat out. I like to go sit down have a drink at a bar or something like that. So I did that a couple times. It was all right. I just spent most of the time on my phone texting people. Okay. Yeah, and this is uh, something that I heard from uh, a radio host that has been on out here, or not not anymore, I guess. Uh, I'm sure, I know you're familiar with him, and most people probably are. The, uh, the super chauvinist. Lycus. Uh, Lycus, exactly. Uh, he actually suggested doing things by yourself, which from hearing from him, uh, if you don't know who Lycus is, he's, he's a guy that he had a, a talk show host pretty much uh, based on uh, – Telling guys how to get laid, and it was all about getting chicks. Okay, hold on, hold on. Here's here's the thing about Lycus. I can't stand that motherfucker. He's gay. <laughs> he's gay. He really is. He's gay. Because the way he talks about women, he doesn't even like women. He really doesn't. You know, every woman is a bitch and a gold digger and a skank and a sleaze. And he uses all these fucking words on his show. He obviously, in my mind, you do. I mean, you could watch the fucking show for like a good thirty minutes. He doesn't even like women. Right. In, in my mind, that's gay. 
He's not even, he, he doesn't even enjoy being out with women anymore. Just fucking come out of the closet, Tom. <laughs> Seriously, man. Well, you see, the thing that first attracted me to Lycus, which I think is probably his huge selling point, is, is anger and, and bitterness. When, when I found Lycus for the first time, it was, it was by accident. I was listening to the station for some other reason, and he happened to come on. And at that time in my life, I was going through a lot of drama with chicks, and I was pretty fed up with it. So then hearing this guy spew about how all bitches are stupid and uh, uh, dump that bitch is one of his things and uh, like his 101, don't spend more than $40 on a date and all that kind of nonsense. At, at the time I heard it, it, it actually it struck a chord with me because I was so angry and bitter. And he, him, he's been through, I think, four marriages and divorces, so he, he's a pretty angry, bitter dude also. So he's yeah. kind of maybe gravitates to those kinds of people and those people follow him. And I was into him for a good maybe two or three months until it, the same old shtick just got old. And It really does. It, it gets old after like two fucking seconds in my opinion. Yeah. It just, I it, just think it's stupid. Yeah. But the, the point of that is uh, he, he did suggest to go out with yourself. And I actually did end up going out with myself. I Actually, the, uh, the first time I saw... The, uh, the Dark Knight was by myself. I, I got some tickets for Christmas, I think, for my boss or whatever, and I just went out. I uh, I got some Italian food. I went to AMC, saw the movie, and I actually had a pretty good time with myself. And I was just standing even outside by my car, just reflecting on the movie, having a cigarette. And uh, it's it's kind of nice. The silence is comforting in, at some at some times. I mean, I guess it's comforting, and sometimes I guess I'm just way too uh, too social of a person. I get all my alone time out in the gym, you know, when I'm, I'm doing my cardio or I'm working out, and I get kind of my, like in my own little headspace, and I contemplate to myself because, I mean, the only other thing to fucking do at the gym is really get pissed off at people for getting on the fucking machine for too long. <laughs> but, I mean, as far as that's concerned, I'm just way too too social of a person. I like going out. I like doing things. I like doing things with people. Um, I like experience things with people. It's more about the mutual identity than it is about uh, the kind of like experience for itself. Uh, so, I mean, there's, I guess there's a little bit of a conflict there when, when you're going out for yourself. I mean, somebody actually asked me today, this is interesting because it's relevant. And they're like, well, what would you do if you were the last man on earth? There's nobody around. It's just you and alone. That's it. <laughs> and a volleyball. And I'm like, I'd probably fucking shoot myself. I mean, seriously. I, I, I mean, the, uh, everything that interests me all has to do with people. My interactions with people. I, I was a bartender. I love bartending. Why? Because I love fucking people. I love socializing. All of the political philosophy that I've read. It's all about my relationship with who? People. So, so right. it's not even like I'm gonna sit down and like read a bunch of Plato because it's really useless at that point. Yeah. And you, I mean, you know what? That actually reminds me of uh, the there's a Will Smith movie, I Am Legend, which is a yeah. remake of Omega Man or something, Charles Bronson or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and something about that, the first time I heard about the movie, I thought I was going to be stupid because you got one guy. How are you going to do two hours with the one guy? But the, the way they the way they pulled it off, I was I was very impressed. And uh, there was one scene that I found specifically interesting where he he set up mannequins. Inside, yeah, when he went to the video store. Yeah, yeah and he'd have these fake conversations with mannequins to make make him feel like he was surrounded by people. 
Yes. Yeah, see, I, I would not be able to deal with that going crazy slowly. I'd fucking eat a bullet, man. <laughs> yeah, the need for social interaction, I think, drives most people, especially us and the type of people that we hang out with. We're very social creatures. We like to talk. Uh, one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is because we, we like talking so much, we're going to record ourselves talking so we can hear ourselves talk. <laughs> <laughs> Not narcissistic at all. No, of um, course not. <laughs> no, you know, but, but back to the anger issue. Back to the, the whole angry issue. Um, that was a recently that was a subject that came up recently too. And you know, uh, I, I'm a somewhat angry person, I guess. Um, <laughs> I maybe could be angry sometimes. I'll it's take not understatements like, for five hundred, Alex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so, so you know, like I said, a lot of shit pisses me off. I think it's because I'm a little, you know, smarter than the average bear. I look at people, I just think I'm repulsed most of the time with how fucking moronic they are. Uh, I'm a real cynical motherfucker, so I can't deal with idealists either, regardless of how intellectual they are most of the time. Um, but now, it, my, my whole point of it is, is that my anger drives me. My anger makes me better. You, you know, it, it's not like, I don't feel like it's so much of a fault as it is an advantage, you know, I, I, whatever I'm doing at any particular time, you know, like I said, if I'm at the gym, I'm angry. Yeah, man, I'm fucking putting that anger into my workout. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm at home I'm, and I'm studying and I lose the will to study. Guess what? I think about people in my life that didn't appreciate me as much as I should. And now I'm going to work really hard to fucking show them. You know what I mean? And I've spent so much of my life achieving, uh, in spite of the world that uh, I feel like it's too late in my life to turn around and feel like I'm going to achieve with the world's encouragement. Right. Yeah. Anger is, is quite a powerful motivator It because just the fuel that anger gives you, you can accomplish all kinds of things. Like, like you said, to prove people wrong in some cases, maybe to prove something to yourself that you know, I, I'm better than this. I can fucking, I can take all of this shit on. I'll be the best exactly. goddamn whatever. Exactly, and I, if I look at the the greatest accomplishments in my life, I wasn't driven to them out of, you know, virtue. <laughs> I wasn't driven. <laughs> out of, I I did them in spite of the world. I got mad at the world, and I was just like, "This is not how I'm living my life." I got mad at myself. I got mad at. at there's plenty of shit to get mad out there for. But my point is, is I was having this conversation. They were saying it's unhealthy. It's it's not good. It's going to eat away at you. You can't maintain it. You're self-destructive. All of these different things. And I'm like, well, no, no, because it's, I mean, I understand how people being angry about everything can, can lead to that path. It really can. But using anger as a tool is all about context. You learn the appropriate venue to express it, and then you limit it to that. When I was angry about the world, I would study. When I was angry about any particular thing on a day-to-day -day basis, I'd work out. So right. I'm using my my anger, and I'm finding a healthy way to express it. It doesn't mean that it's going to destroy me. Yeah, it just means that it, I'm using it as a tool. Yeah, that, that's the key issue that you said there. The the you're using the anger and expressing it in whatever form you're saying. Uh, me, previous to now, I I was a very angry person, but most of the anger was internal. So I, I did not have an outlet to exploit all of the anger, all the energy. And uh, uh, Matt TV did a sketch about this, about the uh, the happy box, which I attributed to myself at some point, that 
if I got angry, I just all the anger goes inside the happy box, and eventually the happy box gets too full, explodes, and there's been two instances where I exploded on people that didn't deserve it. Uh, one of which was uh, let's see, I, this old friend of mine had a sister that she was she got in my way. I had had enough at one point, so I I had to pick her up, and move her out of my way, and maybe a little bit of a push to get get out of the way, and uh, that was not healthy. I mean, it, it, it wasn't violent, and it like call the cops type of thing, but it was a yeah. expression of anger which should not have been directed at her, but she was in my way at the time, so it did. Uh, another was uh, towards a very good friend of mine. He he made some uh, choice words about a girl that I just broke up with, and it upset me. So I I, uh, I found myself on top of him choking him. <laughs> <laughs> I eventually snapped out, realized I'm taking my friend's life, so I should probably uh, back off. <laughs> well, you know what would life be if you didn't get to choke a bitch? <laughs> Yeah, but since then I have learned to not put it in the happy box and find outlets for it. Much like you're, you're saying, you you put it towards working out, towards studying, which I I don't think I could do that. I can't study or read anything when I'm angry. I'm just fuming. But as far as finding an outlet, that's that's the that's the important part there. What your friend said about anger eating away at you and being damaging, it's true if you don't have the outlet to release the tension every now and then. Exactly, and that's all I was saying, and I was just like, honestly, seriously, when you look at Star Wars, who's cooler, the Sith or the Jedi anyways? <laughs> the Sith? Yeah. Uh, is that really a fucking question, to be a nerd about this for like five seconds? Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention the color lightsaber, come on! <laughs> I mean, jeez, come on, red's a paper But... But my, you know, like the the point is, is that anger could be completely appropriate. It, it it's just a question of the venue, and that's how I feel about many emotions. And uh, that's how I, I mean, this kind of ties back into like women and emotions, and and it's uh, whether or not it's an appropriate emotion to express at that particular moment. And uh, a lot of the times, it's fucking not. It's just inappropriate. It's it's uncool. I, I know that uh, social etiquette is like not really a solid fucking thing. But it, it, I think it's very obvious when people have violated certain terms of social etiquette and they're just not being fucking cool. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know, and, and a lot of those times, I mean, don't fucking throw the brakes on because it's not your idea, women, because you're being fucking psycho fucking <laughs> mi micromanagers. Jesus Christ. Yeah, your outlet for anger is me, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, how, how often is that true? Yeah, yeah I'm, all you men, oh, all you men. I didn't know I was a fucking representative of the male species, motherfucker. I'm, if I'm, anything, I'd like to consider myself unrepresentative, you asshole. Yeah, I'm sorry your boss didn't want to do things your way, but that doesn't mean we're gonna do it your way now, okay? I, my idea makes more sense. Serious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went off. I mean, I was, I was a. Uh, I had a fight with a girl once, and uh, we we, uh, we we had words. We had, we had real words, and um, you know why? What well, the reason why was because I wouldn't let her sit on my lap. Wow. Yeah, she didn't tell me this at the time. Of course not. No, of course not. No, no. <laughs> I found out. I think six months to a year after yes. <laughs> that. She had a real issue of once with one of her previous boyfriends where he wouldn't let her sit on his lap and she felt it was because he was embarrassed of her. Oh, and I'm all, oh, really? You think this has anything to do with that fight we had that one time? 
<laughs> yeah, this could have been like, brought to my attention yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Adam Sandler. Fuck. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. I mean, that's what that movie was about, too, though. The, the, the anger management movie. I mean, to, to fucking even tie that in, you know. Oh, yes. That's, that's all what the, that whole movie was about that. It was that he was a pushover. He would get angry. He'd internalize it. It'd become self-destructive. He didn't, he'd end up like just missing up, missing out on opportunities. Why? Because he didn't express his anger when it was appropriate. And that's all I'm saying about anger. I'm not saying walk around with a fucking frown on your face and ready to punch a baby or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying find Are we still talking about the movie? Because I'm getting chills. Are you <laughs> what? Are we still talking about the movie? Because my skin's crawling. Are you movie, right? You're not talking about me anymore? No, no, no. With the no internalizing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So, now tell me about your father. <laughs> you. You're very good, Jew. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Fucking hell, man. But just women, they're, they're a trip half the time. I mean, I, I feel like the, the only solution to, to really get around it is just to really be so fucking into yourself that uh, other people are just along for the ride. I mean, uh, well, one, one specific instance recently, I ran into two people. I'm not going to say who they were here, and they wanted to be exclusive uh, only to make out. Exclusive as in not make out with other people? Or yeah. That does not make yeah. sense to me. Yeah, yeah, like, like I, can, I can only make out with them. I only go out with them romantically. I'm only intimate with them. Uh, and that's it. Ma- making out. Yeah. Making out is now a sign of exclusivity. Uh, well, I guess so. <laughs> what country are you in again? Are you still in the United States? I, I don't know. I, and you know, to be honest with you, I can't think of a country where that is that way. Jesus Christ. We're talking, that's more like fucking romantic period bullshit there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Please accept me, this favor of mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking just, I just, I, I thought it was preposterous. I'm like, what, what, what realistic world? A, uh, you expect a man to be exclusive with you because you just made out with him. And then B, even if he says you're, he's being exclusive, how do you plan on regulating that at all? When, when you have clearly left him unsatisfied. Yeah. What, what can you, ex- I mean, I guess if, if the guy's going to go along with that, it's, I guess, ah, it's, it's a real special kind of guy. Uh, special, I, I, you can see me doing finger quotes. The, a real special kind of guy that's going to go along with being he's gay. exclusive. He's gay. That's what you're saying. He's gay. <laughs> that's really what you're saying, right? At, at least, like, at the very least, bye. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to, maybe not full on. Maybe just nah, the, I, I think that that's, a, that's a closeted thing to do. Yeah. That, that's like something that, you know what that is? That's one of those things that religious people do. Absolutely. Like, like, like the really religious guys, they'll do, they'll do that. But you know what? Those guys, they're actually gay. <laughs> just, just FYI, ladies, those guys out there that you, you think exist, uh, that are going to wait till marriage, uh, they're gay. They're, they, they're saying they're wait to, waiting till marriage, and they go to church every Sunday, and they, they look like reputable citizens in your mind, but in reality, uh, they dream about smoking cock. Right, just, so, you're, <laughs> so you're saying the, uh, the knight in shining armor, the, the armor is only shining because it's bedazzled? Is that the implication? 
Did you just say bedazzled? Bedazzled, yes. I, I know we're on the topic of gay, but that, you don't have to say bedazzled. <laughs> That's the point. The armor is shiny not because it's polished, but because it's bedazzled. The, 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 the stereotype that all women want, the perfect man, he's a gay dude. If, I would say if that's if that's the stereotype, yeah, man, he's, it's it's fucking it's glimmering in the sunlight because it's a glitter, man. Right, that, exactly. That's why it's shining. Oh, oh yeah, you get it. Yeah. No, man, I feel, I feel like the the normal average everyday Joe dude, uh, the man's man. Uh, it's a day's world. Is less of a knight in shining armor and more of a anti-hero. You know what I mean? He's he's more of a badass. He can handle himself. Men need to know how to fight. And honestly, ladies out there, if your guy can't fight, if he's never been in a fight, if he's never gotten punched or punched somebody in the face, Uh-oh. you know what? See someone else. Oh, no. Seriously, <laughs> see someone else. How how can you even go out with somebody like that and feel safe? All right. At all? How, how can you feel safe at all? If you can't, if if you're with a guy out there and and he won't stand up for himself uh, when it's appropriate and just say fuck you every once in a while, not not to you, but to other people. That are being a dick to him or a dick to you. I mean, just don't see him seriously. I don't understand that shit. Hmm. It's it's annoying. Those those guys are gay. I mean, who the fuck waits till to, to a marriage nowadays? No one. It's impractical. You know, maybe if you live in the South or something like that. Weird. I don't know. But <laughs> but to 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 suggest even that somebody should be exclusive with you because uh, you know. You made out with them. That, uh, no. No, that, that doesn't even work that way, especially if somebody perfectly capable of getting laid. Yes, and that goes back to the emotional driven thought process of, of the females. Well, I, ju- I just feel like it's double insulting, okay? Because it's, it's insulting for two reasons. It's insulting to me, right? Because what girl in their right mind, given any chance, if they were in the same room with whatever fucking movie actor or rock star that they idolize would go, no, we can't fuck because we have to be exclusive. Yeah. You know, not even make out because you know they're going to fuck up. If they've ever had sex, and even some of the girls that probably haven't had sex before, they're going to have sex with them. So first of all, you're saying between me and rock star, that's a really long distance, which I think is unacceptable. And then B, it's insulting because by me saying no, it implicitly has the message that you are not worth it. <laughs> right. So why set yourself up for this situation where you know that it's primed to just be insulting on so many fucking levels? Yeah, and, and that's especially insulting from the uh, what, what's been termed as the the born again virgin, where uh, the oh my god, have, have you heard this term? I've I've heard the term. I don't I've, I don't even know a definition for it other than stupid. <laughs> That's actually the definition. It turns out. Wow. But, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's these girls that they've they've lived their slut years, and now they want to start settling down. Maybe they want to find a, a, a mate for life. So instead of putting out like they've been doing their entire life, they're gonna put the brakes on everything, and they're gonna take things slow now. And this happens to be the time that they meet you, and maybe they're not gonna put out anymore. Maybe these are the same kind of women they want to have a commitment out of you before they even make out. <laughs> but you're saying every other guy before me has gotten a free pass, but now, because you have found morality, now I'm being punished. You know, the fu- the funny thing about it is, too, though, like, 
I could understand if if there was like a good reasonable reason to uh, conduct themselves this way. Like, you know, they they felt like they can get away with it. But I mean, you've met me. A lot of people that are probably listening to this have met me. I uh, I, I I conduct myself like I'm a man slut. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know why somebody would think that they could get away with this. Would get away with asking for in the first place, if that makes any sort of sense. It's just like, uh, you know, you, you would think some people would ask for things that they can get. Yeah, um, that, I hadn't thought about that before. These, these, these people that are, that are asking, they, they've known you for a while and they still think that's acceptable. Yeah, man. Yeah. Both of them did. Both that, of them. that does not make sense. Like you're just yeah. saying, why would you ask that of, of someone like you who puts it out there that I'm not that kind of guy? Well, not only that, I mean, it's, it's like asking a rock star. Seriously. That's, that's the way I look at it. It's just like, you're, you're asking somebody who you know, you've already labeled as promiscuous and like a hedonist. You know, you're not going to ask the devil to do something like that. Why the fuck would you ask me? <laughs> so you're a devil rock star? Is that, is that what you're implying here? <laughs> Maybe. That's the, Im- that's the imagery I'm going yeah, for. Yeah, rocking out in hell, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but my, but but you get the point, you know. That the, there's uh, why why would they do that in general? I just didn't. I don't think it's pragmatic. That's really. I just think it's completely impractical. It is. Um, it's, it's not logical. It's emotionally it, driven. That's an emotional thing. Yeah, man. I I just don't get it. it it's like a contractual thing too. Also, that I mean, most the way you typically date is just it's it's kind of like uh, mutual escalation. You know, like you, you slowly, if, if it was a poker game, slowly and slowly, you'd, you'd raise. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's <laughs> raising a little bit. You yeah, you've said I mean? before that once you start dating, it's just a countdown. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, um, <laughs> I, I gotta get away from that. Right now. But my point is, is that, um, I actually, I actually use that metaphor about, uh, the, the whole raising and poker or whatever. And I'm like, you see, I feel like it's poker, and you're raising, and and uh, you're raising too much. And she, she's just like, well, maybe I think what I'm raising is enough. And I said, well, maybe you don't have the cards to play that hand. Uh, I see. <laughs> so she's just trying to bluff you into giving up your hand, pretty much. I, I feel like it is. I think it's a bluff. You don't have, you don't have the cards to play it to to raise that much. You know what I mean? You do, you just don't in today's day and age. Nobody has the cards to play that game, to raise that much immediately. You okay. know what I mean? You, let, let's talk about appropriateness. Okay, you go out, you go, you have a like really kick-ass date, you make out, right? Like, let, that's that's kind of like a reasonable expectation. Yeah. Right? Now, second date. You do that again, maybe you make out again, maybe you want maybe it goes a little bit further, whatever. Right. There's a pretty much well-established, though, three-date rule. And if, if people don't know about the three-date rule, they should familiarize themselves with the three-date rule because yes. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's a good standard. You know, if you went out with three quality fucking dates with a dude, you're digging him, the women out there, uh, go just do them, please. Uh, that's just the way it is. And if you don't do them, I feel like guys out there, if it goes past that, um, ditch her. Because she's not dating you. She's dating the restaurants that you take her to. Right. Just along for the free ride. Yeah, man. That just, I mean, if you're really, you know, dropping money on this shit, uh, there's plenty of other women out there that uh, are will appreciate it even more. 
okay. that you're you're going out to these places, and there's plenty of people out there that you'll get along with. Okay, then and let's let's really focus on that for a second there too. I mean, like forty year old virgin, right? Well, what was a, the most memorable line from that entire movie is that, man, you're putting the pussy on a pedestal. Yes, I keep hearing that. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of dudes do that. They focus in and they got they got sniper rifles going on here yeah. when they need to be shotgunning. They, 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 they zero in on one particular girl that they think is the world and uh, they don't realize, like, dude, there's other women out there. And maybe those other women aren't that woman, but those other women are women that are fun to hang out with, too. And if you hang out enough with women, then you'll be affluent enough. You'll be, you'll be comfortable enough when you actually do get a chance at that girl or a girl like her. But then, and in those cases, if you're that comfortable, then you'll prime yourself for actually being competitive to, to actually, you know, have a relationship with somebody and have a meaningful uh, kind of intellectual conversation with somebody that you would like to. But mo most men, they isolate themselves so much and they focus in on one target. They spend all their time on it. They invest in it and they do all these things. They don't realize that in doing so, they're not helping themselves. They're actually limiting themselves. They're not right. developing themselves. And that goes back to your point earlier about uh, being busy. Is It's not just doing things for yourself. Go, go out there and date other women while you're trying to find out which if these other women are actually going to respond to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I, it's just funny because people think that like they can zero in on one girl and that's going to be fine. Uh, and like I said, they can sniper it off. But what makes you think in your right mind uh, that you're going to be able to do that if you've never ever like gone out with a lot of girls before when you don't know if you're, you're ass. I mean, you're, you're just like, your your fucking elbow from your asshole when when you're trying to get you to you know go out and socialize and go take a date what's appropriate in all these situations I don't I just don't understand it see and that is something that I have done a lot is I I do focus a lot of my energy on, on one particular target ninety five percent of the cases it hasn't worked out there was one case that I it finally did work out it took it took a while a couple of years. But uh, I eventually did get the target that I was that I was after, and it it was it was great. But in the meantime, while I was waiting to get the balls to make the move or the situation to be right, I missed out on so many opportunities that I could have had in the meantime, because yeah. I had the the tunnel vision. I had the scope on the one target instead of broadening my horizons and seeing that this will happen when it happens. In the meantime, let's look around. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, the whole view also ties into pre-selection. You know, uh, pre-selection is just a concept that means that if you, uh, if your value is recognized by other women, then the woman you want is going to recognize your value. You know what I mean? Like the same thing with just supply and demand. Again, right? Well, yeah. what's one way of limiting your supply? Just not being available. What's another way of you know, limiting your supply. If she sees you with another woman, she knows that the supply is limited and the demand's high already because yeah. she sees the demand right in front of her. Okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> not saying now. that you should... I'm not saying you should do petty bullshit like rub other women's relationship in front of a girl that you like. That's just fucking douchebaggy, okay? Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm, another thing that we could just pull from this situation is you said that you had other opportunities while you were focusing on this one particular girl. If yeah. you had taken those opportunities up, for yourself, not for that other girl, would, would have it helped your chances with that girl or would it have hurt it? See, I actually did. Uh, there was one girl that I, I did kind of start seeing in the meantime. 
And honestly, although this is kind of a, a chick move, I did try to use that relationship to kind of rub it in like, hey, look, this could be you right here. You see, what, see what's going on here? You're and, such a dude. <laughs> I was younger. I was younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. there was there was one particular instance where I, I – uh, I there was a girl that I went out with, and I was. Uh, this is what I did. This is how I noticed her. To be honest with you, um, I have a mutual friend, uh, her and I, and I was going through her friends on on MySpace on her friends list, and I was just like, "What kind of girls do you have for me to go out with?" And I go through there, and I see one in particular, and I just point and I go that one. All right. Okay. Now, uh, I don't know how long it took, but three months later, uh, we were hooking up. Nice. Okay. And and that was that wasn't necessarily like me investing all my time in somebody or really pursuing somebody or any of these things. But what I was already in, I was in a situation that was primed for me to do that, for me to actually be like, oh, that one, you know. And, and yeah. if if the the other person wasn't interested, no big deal, right? Because I was already going out with a couple of girls, and that's really what I feel primed my uh, my chances with that one in particular girl was because I had a lot of social contacts. I had different events that she ended up participating in. She saw that uh, there was other girls that I was going out with and that they wanted me and they enjoyed my company. I treated them pretty well. And then what that did was it showed her exactly who I was and how great I am to be around. Because it's one thing to tell somebody, oh, hey, you know what? I'm quite a guy. And it's one thing for them <laughs> to hear it from people you're dating. Yes. And it's another thing to see it right in front of them and see other people enjoying themselves around you. And and that's actually the best way for them to find out is that, you know, oh, look at that right in front of me. I wish I could do that. I, I'm having a great time right now. I'd like to be over there. And I mean, this, they bring this whole concept into play when you're talking about like writing cover letters for your resume. Never talk about, you know, what you're capable of. Talk about the things that you've done and they'll speak for you. Yeah, that's one of those uh, potential is a bad word type of thing where you have the potential to do all this stuff, but what that secretly means is you're not doing it. You have the potential to be great and date all these women and that's all great on paper, but show me the women that you could have. Exactly. I mean, that that's just like the fucking Catch-22 with all these dudes that are supposedly all successful and that they're all thumbs about going out and dating girls. I mean, I have, I have plenty of friends that are perfectly capable of doing many different things. They're well accomplished. They've, they've done a lot of stuff that a lot of women would find, you know, attractive things, but they don't know how to portray it. They don't know how to present it. They don't know how to deliver it, sell it. That's the big thing. That's why you get guys that are uh, fucking assholes out there and they're just screwing everything left and right. Why? Because they're just good at it. They, they don't have to be particular, particularly well accomplished. All they need is, you know, two sleeves of tattoos, a piercing, and to dress moderately well, and suddenly they're ba fucking drowning in vagina. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was a guy I knew that actually had uh, a fake business cards made up where he would put logos of, like, WB or or uh, Fox on the card and say that he's a producer for these shows. And if somebody kidding? asked for his, his number, he'd pull out this card and be like, yeah, here's my number, my cell is on there. And it and girls would eat that up. It's like, what, really? Because a lot of girls also, especially in the L.A. area, are, are trying to strike it rich, trying to be famous. 
they're so, superficial bullshit. Yeah, so by portraying yourself to be something much more than you actually are, it kind of it draws them in. Okay, here's here's another thing about that though. I understand it's important for to know people. Um, but I, I remember one particular instance when I was out at a club and I I knew some dude because uh, we had uh, dated somebody. You know, there was a mutual uh, person that we had dated or whatever. And I go, hey, what's up? You know, so and so, how you doing? Blah 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 blah. Wait, well, this is your, your stuff here. Blah. They had some work on display at this particular place, and they go, oh hey, nice to meet you. Who do you know? Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, um, fuck you. I'm enough. Yeah. Okay, I didn't I didn't say that, but I'm just like I I know some people here. You know, that's that's all I really said. I didn't really get descript. And at that particular place, I actually did know a lot of people there that night. I had a bunch of friends that I brought with me. I I met some friends there. But for somebody to just out and out disregard me completely and assign me value purely based on the people I'm associated with as opposed to who I am as an individual, fuck you. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That, fuck that's, you that's again. It's like, uh, like girls asking uh, what kind of car you drive off the bat. To, to yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Yeah, that's that's kind of that same kind of thing. It's like you, as a person, uh, they want to define you as the things that they feel are important that are completely superficial and fucking meaningless. Yeah, yeah that's what, really what they're saying. To to me, that that whole that like, if a girl went up to me, oh, what kind of car do you drive? Uh, fucking one that you're never gonna be in. Go fuck yourself. Yes. You know that 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 that's really my response because you know what. You want to ask me about shit that's important? You ask me about things about me. You know, you know. Oh, well, you know, what do you, what kind of things do you do? And ask me an open-ended question like that, and allow me to sell myself. And if you're really not interested in what I'm selling, then I'm happy if you're not buying me for me. But if you're not buying me because of a car that I don't fucking drive for something that you're you're buying, you're just like issuing a, a fucking general notice that you're buying people that happen to drive Mercedes. Uh, go fucking bang some dude at a car dealership. I swear to fucking Christ. Yeah, and and that that's one thing I do respect about you. You said uh, a second ago that when that guy asked you who you knew, instead of rattling off all the people you actually did know, they would probably be an impressive list of people. You, you chose to say I know people here because I because you wanted to be known based on on you instead of the people that I came with. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just like I I asked him about his stuff that he had there. He he was a a, some, a, a type of artist, I'll tell, I'll say that much. Okay. And he had some work up, and I was just like, "Oh, these are cool. What do you do?" But that's blah 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 blah. We had a general conversation about that. That was obviously a defining part of him. But for him to turn around and immediately assign me value, not based on anything that I did, but who I knew, that's fucking stupid. I just, I just don't like that. I think it's, it's fucking moron. Yeah, only in LA, man. Only in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the overall theme here is, um, fuck you on me. Is that, is that the theme? That is the theme. <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Uh, I'm me, and I don't give a fuck if my anger drives me. Uh, it makes me a better person for it. Yeah. Even if I'm driven by anger, my ideas are good. Respect them. God damn it. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess until next time, I am Adam. And I'm Rex. Right.